of the living geek. Moshi Moshi, and welcome to episode number 33 of Super Segoy Cast. I'm Alex. And I'm Justin. This week we're going to kind of... Well, last week we watched... Final Fantasy XV Brotherhood, which was the miniseries that they had on YouTube and Crunchyroll. Yes, and they were like 12 minutes to 17 minutes. Yeah, and there yeah. was only five episodes of that series. So we were like, well, what are we going to do for this episode? What we decided was to watch the Kingsglaive movie, which was the Final Fantasy XV CG feature film. They did have it in theaters. Um, unfortunately, you can't stream it anywhere now, as far as I know, legally. So you'll have to get it on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. We got it on Blu-ray. So unfortunately, we won't. We're not following our normal standards yeah, with this particular sense. episode because we'd like to do things that are accessible for everybody mm-hmm. and that you can watch for free or whatever. So, or at least cheap. Yeah. Yeah. For this one, we just kind of wanted to stay on the same Final Fantasy track, so that's why we did what yeah. we did. This takes place right before the miniseries took place. So in the miniseries. Knocked and his people were out on the road on a road trip to meet Princess Luna Freya. Mm-hmm. Well, in the movie Kingsglaive, um, this takes place in the kingdom of Lucis, which is where Noct is from, and it's after they've already sent him away mm-hmm. to go to the wedding. So yeah. this takes place on the side of the miniseries, I guess you could say. In a sense, yeah. And it's after the video game for some of it because the brief little trailer i've seen for the video game or like a random playthrough noctis is talking to his father in lucius oh um yeah it might like, on, like the go cancel back and forth. doorstep so like yeah. yeah i'm sure the game is going to probably encompass all of it or yeah. at least most of it it's probably when his father sends mm-hmm. him out yeah you know what exactly I mean? to understand why he's not there when crap hits the fan yeah yeah i don't know we'll see exactly how it all kind of mm-hmm. lines up but that's at least how the miniseries and the movie fall in with each other. Yeah, so I thought the plot of the movie was going to be, like, so the miniseries gave us background stories of, like, the four main components of Nock's group. Cool. I thought the movie was going to further hit on their travels to meet with the queen and that the game was just going to encompass both of those. That's not how this was. The movie ended up being, like, a weird, weird side story about how Lucius lost to... How do you say their name? Niflheim? Niflheim. Niflheim? Like, they're, the two have been warring. And basically, this was just how Lucius lost to Niflheim, and, but they were able to get, like, the powerful ring of Lucius out with the queen, Lunafreya. Right. So then we're going to assume that the game is going to be Noctis and Lunafreya meeting up and doing something with the ring. Yeah, getting the ring and then potentially trying to take back the city. Yeah. Exactly. So... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I assumed that we were going to get Noct, who's supposed to be the main character, the main person for the game, and instead we ended up getting, like, a random guard. One of the one of the one king's of, glaives. One of the king's glaives. Yeah. Basically, we followed him the whole time. and it, I wasn't expecting that either. Yeah. I thought it was going to follow either the characters from Brotherhood mm-hmm. or somebody that was related to them. Yes. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Not necessarily this other soldier. The king's glaive seemed to be... Like, not necessarily the king's, like, secret service, mm-hmm. but more like his... Oh, like, what in Naruto, what was um, Kakashi a part of? The Anbu. The Anbu, yeah. or, like, um, MI6? Yeah. So, they're their own little formation of people that take care of things. 
And they're like they're stronger soldiers who get the king's magic mm-hmm. versus like the normal people who like guard the city don't. And uh-huh. then, so with this story, you get a little bit of when Noctis was a child and when the king first went to meet Lunafreya. So King Regis and Noctis ended up going to the kingdom that Lunafreya is a, is princess of, I guess, mm-hmm. because they got hurt. And they got hurt in the miniseries when that demon attacked them, the yeah. big Naga snake. Yeah. So then they went to the kingdom where Lunafreya was and then, you know, Noctis and... Luna Freya became friends and whatever, and then they were betrothed to one another, I guess. And there was another kingdom, I guess, that was involved or something. And see, this is where I got confused because it was kind of like Game of Thrones in a way where they introduced you to a lot of characters and a lot of towns Mm -hmm. and politicalness that we weren't quite sure of. So I I had a hard time following that because... So the main character, Nyx... Um, of Kingsglaive, he was like an outsider. He came from a different town. I think almost all of the Kingsglaives were non-Lucius people. They were, right. they were from like little villages or towns outside the city who had either already been taken over or probably would have been. Yeah. So he like, anybody who could accept the King's magic, like, because not everyone was able to have it, they could then join the Kingsglaive. And like, that was their way out of, in a sense, their slummy life. Well, because a lot of the people who were from Lucis did not like the outsiders. They were calling mm-hmm. them immigrants. They were calling them different Things, people. Yeah, so like you don't belong. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and in a sense, they wouldn't have been from Lunafreya's country because those are the two are going to mesh together anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I was like, there's a third kingdom that these people are from. But well, what is it? You I know? don't know what the third kingdom would be in, in which you were referring to, but like, so you had the... You have Lucius, and then you have... Um, Niflheim. Niflheim, who's, like, the evil, and then you have the one that Lunafrey is from, whose yeah, kingdom is not coming to me right now. Yeah. But, like, I think oh, in so that sense... Oh, so then there's a fourth one, then. Maybe. Because Niflheim... Everybody did not like Niflheim. Well, I think at this time, everybody was still warring with Niflheim. Niflheim right. was still doing its, like, conquering. So, I think that was probably one of the main reasons why Luna and Noct were to be betrothed. Yeah. Because that to was To bring them the together. And then they could fight against Niflheim. Exactly. So, like I said, there's all this politicalness going on that we didn't quite understand. Yep. Which is okay if it were to have been explained better, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. We were just kind of thrown in and expected to just kind of pick it up. Exactly. So it was a little difficult in that sense. So what ends up happening is Niflheim comes to do a treaty with um, Lucis. And a lot of people are against this treaty. A lot of people are like, why this is stupid? But Lucis is like, well, we can't hold our own against Niflheim right now because the king is too old. He can't control the crystal as well as he needs to. He's and running out of power. Yeah, this is going to be our one one chance. Yeah. But it's like, you knew it wasn't going to be a legitimate treaty. Right. There's always, that was bull. Like, why would Niflheim treaty with Lucius? Like... All they have to do is buy their time and wait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, of course, it turns into being a trap, and things don't go the way that were planned. Right. And there ends up being, like, a surprising amount of backstabbing within the Kingsglaive. Like, a good... Yeah, they held a coup, and they took over. Yeah, there are probably a good, like, six to seven of them were double agents who were evil. One of the guys that ended up flipping, he wasn't necessarily evil, but he joined, like, a resistance because he didn't like that... One of the girls that he worked with, like, his sister, in a sense, basically died, and it was BS. Yeah. Not realizing that it was his own Kingsglaive people. She got sent on a mission, and she died, and he... There did we have that thing about, like, Kingsglaive being thrown yeah. away, like, your rats in this giant war, so... He already felt all offended by it, but, like, had he known that really... 
she died yeah. by because of one of the other king glaive like it would probably been a different story oh yeah definitely but like i don't want to give too much away in terms of like spoilers probably the biggest one of like the traders things was to me was really huge one of the big people yeah like, wow you see him in the trailer he's this guy in huge armor really dark with purple tones in mm-hmm. it which is it gorgeous awesome looking awesome sword yeah who he turned out to be was like a really big part of the story so we don't want to mm-hmm. give that part away but he was awesome looking all of the mm. armor and everything was I will amazing say this like the fights were really cool the yeah. way they did the animations and everything looked amazing all the like, magic was gorgeous it was beautiful. too beautiful like mm-hmm. i only had one problem with it yeah and it was the mouth it was just yeah that's the same problem i had like, we were watching it, and we are like, I don't know. I don't like how it's matching up, you know? So it we were didn't. like... That was the problem. Yeah. So we, we switched the, the vocals to Japanese with English subtitles. And it got worse. But then it was worse because the mouths were moving in English words, but, spe- but they were yeah. speaking Japanese voices. So we were like, wait, what? This is even worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we switched it back to English. I just did my best to ignore it. But it was like a really bad video game where the mouths are supposed to match up, but they ended up sticking out too much. Like, they didn't put enough in the animation of the mm-hmm. mouths to make them blend into the faces mm-hmm. enough. So in my opinion, I was just watching the mouths the whole time because they were moving out of sync. Or at least that's how I saw it, you know? I did too. It just, it didn't match. And, I, yeah, in a movie like this where it seems like a lot of it's going to deal with talking, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And uh, for such what seems to be such a high-budgeted film, like, I don't know how much they spent into the graphics, but damn, they were good. They should have spent more time on the mouths matching the vocals. Well, I'm curious to see if the Japanese versions of the movie are better, are better because they would have made those originally and spent more time making the mouths move for Japanese same words. Same animator, is it not? Same people who drew it up, same people who I would overlaid imagine. it. Yeah, so I would imagine so. If that's the case, then... But if they're anticipating more sales for Japan, Japan, and then they're like, oh, we should make it for English too, and the, you know, oh, it doesn't matter. We're just going to make it match up enough yeah. because we don't have enough time for this we'll or whatever. We'll have to try to like, watch a clip on YouTube or something. Yeah, and see if it looks any better. Yeah. Okay, so we both have our negatives being the same, and I think our positives are right there, too. Yeah, like, like I'd recommend this totally. I, the only thing I would, like, I really liked the movie. I thought it was good. I just thought it was really slow, mm-hmm. and being that it wasn't where I thought it was going to be going really just kind of threw me off for the film. Right. And it made it harder for me to enjoy. Like, I didn't fall asleep, so, I mean, that's something when it comes yeah. to Final Fantasy, but... I don't know. It was just a blah story that didn't have anything to really do with what we had watched with the anime. Right. It didn't add anything to me, and it didn't lead me to believe into anything for the video game either. Right. So I'm sitting here going, like, why did I just spend two hours of my life watching a movie that... Has nothing to do with anything. Had nothing to do with anything, and really didn't explain Jack for the film or not, except for the fact that one country's fighting another, and a country lost. Like, I think it'll add some sort of subtle backstory to the game, but I'm sure being a Final Fantasy game, that it's going to have all that story, um, all that backstory explained anyway. Just, we're going to have like, oh, I know what they're talking about because I saw that in the movie. Exactly. You know? So like, yeah, it was unnecessary. I think it was their their attempt at trying to get us more um, emotionally involved in the, mm-hmm. in the series or in this new franchise that Add they're creating. something to it. But it definitely wasn't necessary. And I feel like Space Pirate Captain Harlock was better than this just because... 
I don't know. Like, it, I felt like this was not... It wasn't missing something, but it just wasn't quite at that level. Yeah. You know what I something mean? Something was just not right. Yeah. Like, there wasn't enough, I think, in this that, mm-hmm. that happened, I guess. Yeah. It was mostly, like, a drama instead of a thriller. Yeah. Or, I don't yeah. know. You something know? was just not right. Yeah. I agree. But it wasn't bad by any means. And if you get the chance to watch it, you should totally check it out. Just because. I will say, probably one of the coolest parts of the movie, though... Was the cars? Yeah, all, all the those details cars they put were in the cars were really sweet. Yes, and on that note, in fact, I found out that the Audi that they're driving, the one that they created for Noct's birthday or whatever, mm-hmm. that car is real now. They made it real. Is it still based off the the R eight? Yes, it See? is an Audi R eight. It's that same exact car. Audi specifically teamed up with the creators of the Final Fantasy movie. So that way they created it for the movie and then they created one for real life. It's exact in every detail. I really like the Audi R8. Like, that's it was a beautiful. freaking awesome car. Well, in general, I've always liked that car and I've always wanted it. I thought all the little details they put into it were gorgeous. Like the rims, they actually had the emblem for the city or the nation of Lucis on them. Really? Yeah, you know how they were like all yeah. that really fancy filigree kind of stuff? That was the actual emblem for the city of Lucis. That's really cool. And then they had all of this nice filigree on the back and... So they ended up calling the car the Star of Lucis. The car, since there's only one of its kind, is going to be raffled off to a potential buyer. So if you're interested in buying this car, um, you put your name in the raffle, they'll pick your name, and then you can buy it. And it has a hefty price tag. $470,000 for this car. Like, I like Audis. I like this Audi. Dude, that's like a freaking mansion out here. Yeah, I would not pay this much money for this car. When I saw the price tag, I was like, what? (laughs) I don't know about that one. Seriously, though. But it was kind of nice because Audi's having a little bit of fun on their website, too. They said um, when they're looking at the car and the pictures and the specs for this vehicle, they teamed up with the Art Society of Lucis to produce a car for Prince Noctis's 20th birthday. Advanced engineering is from a higher realm with a design inherited from the gods, an interior for a prince, and performance worthy of the future king. (laughs) So it's like, they brought some stuff. They even say that the engine has enough power to foil monsters. So, you know, at least (laughs) they're... That's pretty cool. Yeah, and if you're the lucky person to buy it, it comes with a royal warrant from the kingdom of Lucis in recognition of its automotive quality, performance, and styling. It's like this nice looking little plaque with the logo and everything on it. That's really cool. Yeah. I wish we could buy that car. Like, it would be pretty neat. Yeah, it's a gorgeous car. Like, we'll put a link and everything, but... $470,000. No, definitely not. I'm curious who's going to buy it. Because you know someone who's rich is going to buy it. Well, I know, but I'm like, are they going to buy it just because it's a nice car? Are they going to buy it because they're a Final Fantasy fan? My guess is more Final Fantasy fan than someone who's just rich. There's going to be That's someone who like money. sacrifices their soul for it. <laughs> we ended up watching an actual sports anime this time since the we did. Bakuan since didn't Bakuan. work out so much. Yeah. So I was really kind of depressed that Bakuan wasn't like a motorcycle racing anime. But, so we went to Kuroko's Basketball, or the basketball which Kuroko plays, I guess, is the actual real title of it. But then they changed it to Kuroko's to, Basketball, because make that it makes easier. more sense. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, when you turn it on, that's what it says when you go into, like, the title for the show. We did our normal thing. We watched episodes 1 through 6 of 75. Which is a lot of episodes, again. Because I love me some sports animes, man. You can find it on Crunchyroll. Um, that was the only thing that I could find it on. I guess it's not on Hulu or anything like that. No. But So, Crunchyroll and Anime Planet. 
The plot follows Kuroko Tetsuya, a skilled but overlooked junior high basketball player from the undefeated Generation of Miracles. It was like their group of players on that specific team. The high school isn't a basketball school. There are the higher profile ones that some of the Generations of Miracles went to, but the one that Tetsuya goes to just beginning to grow as a school and as a basketball team. So he goes to this basketball team and it's basically just following him trying to take that team to nationals. So yeah, that's the plot. So far we've met on the very first episode two high school students. They're both new to this high school and they want to join the basketball team. Year ones! They are Kuroko and Kagami. Kuroko is the main character of the story. Yes. Um, but Kagami is seems to be like his partner his, or his, what's going to turn into his, his partner. His co-star, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're looking at Haikyuu, it's basically Hinata and... Kagayama. And Kagayama, yeah. Yeah. So this is basically their duo in basketball form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kagami is naturally athletic and very motivated. He's super tall and people are amazed by him because he lived in America and he came back to Japan for high school to play basketball there because he thought he was ready to dominate because he was tired of dominating the kids in the States. And Kuroko, as we mentioned before, he was from the Generation of Miracles, but he was also very forgetful and an overlooked member of that team. And he's a master of misdirection because yeah, of that. The, he was known as the ghost... Phantom. Phantom Sixth Man. There we go. And, like, yeah, he. every one of the, like, the Generation Miracles has, like, their own unique skill, which is really cool. And so far, we've met three of the six. One is, like, he's known as, like, the copycat. And, like, he can basically do anything you do, but better. Um, you haven't played against this guy, but he's another one. He was uh, Midori, I think was his name. He was green. And he shoots really well. Like, the guy doesn't miss. And then you have Kuroko, who's nowhere near skilled at shooting or dribbling, but he's, like, this ultimate passer. And people are so, like, unable to see him that, like you're saying, with misdirection, he's just really, really good at setting people up. Right. If you're putting it towards um, Haikyuu, Kuroko's like Kageyama. He's, yeah. He's got the the demeanor in a sense no, no, and the no. personality like Hinata but his skills level is all about setting up other people to succeed like Kagayama does yeah I guess I would say that more Kagami is more like Kagayama uh, in terms of knowing what he's doing and playing the game yes yeah but like in terms of like Kagayama's the there to make plays? Hinata yeah. shine Kuroko's there to make Kagami shine yeah. he's gonna be his shadow to his light you know what I mean so I think that's really cool, and I look forward to that like developing. As I, I'm for sure already going to know I'm going to watch the hell out of this series. So they end up having a practice match with the other first years against the second years, um, and they impress the coach with their skills and how mm-hmm. they end up working out. I, even though the coach can tell that they need work, but you know, yeah, she's like, yeah, we can definitely, we're going to be able to use them. So after that, um, the coach sets up a practice match with a really strong team called Kaijo. And they have one of Kuroko's old teammates from the Generation of Miracles, which was the guy Justin was talking about, the copycat. A few episodes were spent on that game, and we learn a lot about the two teams and a mm-hmm. lot about the Generation of Miracles and how they interacted together and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty interesting, I would say, but they end up beating Kaijo in the last few seconds. The final score was 100 to 98. It was a well-fought battle. Yeah, and 198 in a high school game is ridiculous. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think anything of it because normal basketball games are like in the hundreds. Yeah, so no, like college like, okay. barely gets up to like the 90s, if that. Well, good for them then. The second years then kind of like haze the first years by giving them a, 
seemingly impossible task of getting this really delicious rare bread from I guess the student store the cafe at the whatever, lunch. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's this sandwich thing that's got like fagua in it and stuff, mm, you know. It's got a caviar and Yeah, all this crazy stuff. Yeah. They end up trying to figure out how to get the bread and it it spends a little bit of time with them having a struggle against like hundreds of people trying to get this bread and then Kuroko ends up using his invisibility and just kind of like wanders in yeah. and he gets it and walks back out and he's like, Well, I got some He like described <laughs> it as like riding a wave, you just kinda gotta go with the flow and because yeah. he's so unseeing in a sense like no one knows he's there, he's like he just kinda phantomly walked with everybody as they were moving around. So then we end up finding out which teams the school is gonna face on the road to nationals and they start preparing for their first game. It ends up being like a really huge list of different schools and but the coach is like, you know, you guys aren't ready for this, though, because during these practice matches, we could see that you need help. Stamina. Yeah. So Kagami starts defensive training because he's all offense and he's not very good at defense. And Kuroko starts endurance training mm-hmm. because Kuroko couldn't do like anything. <laughs> oh, so just kind of we didn't really talk about the coach too much. So it's already confused a few different people, but the coach for this team is one of the girls who's a second year there at the school. And the reasoning and why she's the coach is because she's the daughter of a dad who's like a... The daughter like, of a dad? <laughs> the daughter of a dad. She's the daughter... How, yeah, the, how does... The, the, I don't even know. Her father... There you go. There we go. Her <laughs> father is like a sports physician or whatever, like a trainer. And so, because she helped him as she was growing up, she can, like, see these players' bodies and know, like, their stats, in a sense, like, their strength and heart rate. Yeah, and how much they need and, like, to eat. Like, beast mode. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, she when she first sees Kuroko, she's like, how? Are how? You? You're, like, negatives, dude. Like, yeah. how are you so good? And that's why, like, when she sees what he does, he's pretty good. And so, like, in a sense, that gives her semi of an advantage when rating on how they need to play a team. Because she can, even though she needs their, like, shirts off to see, like, their body types, she can still guesstimate. Yeah. And, like, with the first dude they faced over at Aikaijo, like, he was huge, well above anybody else on her team. So that's pretty neat, and I think that's a fun way that they're doing that. It's kind of unheard of to have a female coach in Japan also, because usually the coaches are, you know, older guys that were either coaches um, from other teams or they were players from back in the day or whatever, what have you. And the women are usually just managers, yes. um, high school girls that are, you know, they just come in and help the team however they can as a manager. So half the time when she comes up, they're like, well, who's who's the coach? And she's like, well, I am. And they're like, aren't you? What? Then who's your manager? You know, they actually don't have a manager, nope. but they just assume that she's the manager. So good for her for yes. pushing out of the boundaries and, and doing that. It's awesome that the anime pushes the boundaries by doing that as well. Right. Trying to show you that it doesn't always have to be the old Japanese guy with the gray hair doing all the coaching. Yeah, no, that's very nice. Some more info about Kuroko's basketball. It started off as a weekly Shonen Jump comic, or a manga, from 2008 to 2014. So they've been around for a few years now. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, They've been doing really well, clearly, if they're still around and they're still going, and now they have an anime. The anime was from 2012, and it went on until 2015, so it is done now, but I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to end up having like a second series or something like that. We'll see. They also have three films. Um, wow. Yeah. Well, actually, there's four films. Three films came out in 2016, and there is there is one scheduled for 2017. Okay. So Interesting. I don't know exactly what they cover, but I mean, it's just got to be more stuff that fills in with the anime, so. Yeah. There's also three video games. There's one for the PSP, two for the DS, 
and um well two for the 3ds i guess i should say and kuroko also appears as a character in the j stars victory vs video game i wonder how that he we saw even, like yeah we saw that at target he's just gonna be like invisible probably i don't know because like we watched gameplay of that game a long time ago back when we were talking about mm-hmm. haikyuu because Hinata yeah, was a character I'm, in it exactly um it was just like a weird open world fighting game yeah. with anime characters I, uh, we thought about getting it but i just i was like no i don't think i want this game because yeah it's just too weird it's weird and like it's open <laughs> world fighting didn't seem all that attractive and like the, the the gameplay was a little iffy right and i don't know how he would how kuroko would fight people would he just like hit them with a ball or like you know what i mean because he's so dunk on them he, like <laughs> the fighter would probably just walk away and give up because he doesn't even know he's there yeah that's true he would just walk well, i guess that would be it he would kind of invisibly walk around people and just kind of smack him with his ball <laughs> something i don't know yeah who knows but, so far, I'm enjoying it. Like, I don't enjoy it as much as Haikyuu because I feel like Haikyuu is just, I don't know, one of those well, ones that really stands out. You are biased as hell to Haikyuu. So I love it. It's, it's not just a fair so judgment, good. but... But it's not a bad anime. I, I like it better than Ace of Diamond. Ugh. Um, Ugh. 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 But, you know, I, I feel like it can only get better. Like, yeah. it was a it was slow the first couple of episodes, but I think it's going to go in really good places, you know? Especially with having a universe as expanded as it does, mm-hmm. it's got to be doing and something we've right. We've already gotten a lot of some character background. It's developing really fast in a sense. Yeah, but we are getting more and more background like it with Haikyuu. I feel like that's something I don't really like about it, though. How fast it's like going through background of characters. Mm-hmm. I think because it's just like, oh yeah, here's this guy. This is why he's cool. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. But <laughs> I'd I rather also... see why he's cool than just be told. Yeah. And I, I guess that makes sense. I do love the humor in the show, too. It's a different kind of humor than some of the other animes we've watched. Mm-hmm. It's it's a fun humor, but, like, it's like, I don't know, weird friend humor. Yeah, it's more like camaraderie yeah, than anything. Exactly. So I look forward to it. I'll, I'll probably give my, like, finalized thoughts and review when we discuss it after our next episode. Okay. Moving on from our animes that we watched this week, one of the things that we noticed was coming out, and I think we're going to try to go see it, is I would like Spirit to. Away, Spirited Away is coming out to theaters for a little while. I think it'd be great to go check out and watch. It's it's 15th anniversary. I had no idea that it was out that long. That's pretty crazy. Like, I didn't see it in theaters when it first came out, but I did see Princess Mononoke. Really? And that was, yeah, that was a good, like, 20 never, years ago. I've never seen any of these movies in theaters. The film won an Academy Award, and it's going to be in 400 U.S. theaters with two versions. Yes. One version is English dubbed, and the other version is English subbed. Which we are going to go see the English subbed, of course. Yeah. So the scheduling for it is a little weird, but it's also very simple. So on Sunday, December 4th at noon at all of these theaters, which you can find on the website that we'll link, Sunday, December 4th at noon is going to be all of the English dubbed versions. And then on Monday, December 5th at 7 p.m., no matter where you are, that's when the Japanese version with English subtitles is going to be playing. Which is great for us because we're off on Mondays and it's not at noon, which means we can get some sleep. Right. It actually works out really perfect for us. Sweet. So, and it's 400 theaters. There's a ton of them all over California. And there's even ones near us in Florence and Cincinnati. So, so it's awesome. Yeah, it works out very nice. If you want to find out if it's playing near you, check out the link. Really, all you have to do is just search for it and it'll pop yeah. up. We'll have to try to find it so we can buy it before we go. Why? Because we don't want the tickets to get sold out. Oh, buy the tickets. I thought you meant buy the DVD. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. 
if you haven't seen Spirited Away before, um, it's really good. Like it's really good. It's a Miyazaki film from Studio Ghibli. That's all you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. You know, they've made all the other films like My Neighbor Totoro, Return of the Cat, Princess Mononoke, Howl's Moving Castle, Howl's Moving Castle, Ponyo. Yeah. You know, all these things. As we name off every single film he's ever made. Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> you know, he's made a bunch of really, really good movies. Kiki's Delivery Service. Yes, that's a big one. Kiki's Delivery Service. I think that's the very first one I've seen of Mizaki's films, and it was because, like, you know how they used to play like Sunday night movies on ABC. Mm-hmm. They ended up playing that one, and that's I think awesome. that's how I saw it. That's really cool. I so, like that. Yeah. But they're basically the Japanese they're really Disney. Good. They're good. You know? Yeah, it is Japanese Disney, and they're amazing. Yeah. So they're all, like, even if you're way up in age or you're a kid, they're definitely worth watching still to this day. If you're interested, like I said, this is what it's about, and go find some tickets. Go do it. Yeah. Do it. And see it in Japanese, not dubbed. I think for most of the time for the Miyazaki films, the English dubbed is not bad. Okay. Because they use high-end actors and like Fair enough. when I saw Princess Mononoke in English, it mm-hmm. was fine. I had no no issues with it whatsoever. Okay, so. fine. Okay, okay, okay. Just saying. Okay. On to the next topic, games, which is one of my favorite topics when there's things to talk about. So We actually have a lot of games to talk about this time. Yes. If you guys don't know yet, I've been streaming recently. Uh, or technically we've been streaming because we do it together, but I'm the one who's been playing uh, Resident Evil on uh, PS4. The HD remake. Yes, and I've never really played any Resident Evils, let alone number one, two, three, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I think the first one I played was five, and that was with Alex. Yeah. So I'm doing my playthrough of it right now, and you can find us on Twitch at SuperSugoyCast. Yes, stop on in. We do it twice a week. And while I've been playing Resident Evil, Alex went and bought World of Final Fantasy, and Mm -hmm. she's been playing that while not on stream, but she has been playing it, and I think you're enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, I am. It's not a bad game by any means. It's different. Um, It came out on October 25th, so it's a couple weeks ago by now. Um, I ended up buying the special edition, which I only bought because it came with an art book. (laughs) Art book. Yeah, that's. I was disappointed in that. It also comes with a couple in-game items, too, but Those are probably worth the special edition. Yeah. The art book, I was really, really disappointed because I was expecting, like, an actual book. And this is a mini book. It's about the size of the game box, you know, like, when you come, when you you buy a game and it's got that plastic case on it. It's basically the size of that. It's got maybe, like, yeah, it's got maybe, like, 12 pages in it. And it's not really an art book. It's just like, it, it this is like, this character. This, this is this character. character. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. And mm. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, what is this? You know? All right. Well, hmm. Like when we when we picked it up, we were like, wait, isn't Where's there the supposed RV to be a book, book with it? Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, it's in the box. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. Honestly, like, I'm glad it didn't cost anything extra because I would have been disappointed. Very much so. The fact that it was the same price as the regular edition was totally fine with me. So I'm not like upset. But one of the funny things when I started it up, it came on and it was like, World of Final Fantasy. And in my mind, I was like, this is just like Resident Evil. Because whenever you start up a game, mm-hmm. they go, Resident Evil. You know? <laughs> I was like, what is this? You know? Yeah. But I mean, it, it ends up that every time you turn it on, a different character says it. So I just happened to have like the evil sounding character that first time. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> nice. I I didn't watch her play the full intro, but... Because I played it on a day you weren't home, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think uh, you started playing it on when I was at work and you had the day off or something like that. But I came home and yeah. you were still playing the intro. Basically, it, it, it yeah. was like... And I remember you had sent me a text like, 
finally playing World of Final Fantasy, and it was like, I came home, and the hell, it's been like two hours. How are you still in the intro? <laughs> the intro is like most Final Fantasy games or JRPGs. It's very long. There was a lot of talking, a lot of gameplay explanations. Yeah. And I, to be honest, I was slightly overwhelmed because I was like, I don't even remember what I just read like an hour ago. Like, like when I saw it, there's like block of texts for a lot of crap. Yeah. It's And it's just basically telling you how to attack things. So it's like, yeah. I'm reading it because I'm like, well, if it's explaining it to me in this much detail, it's, it's got to be, be reason, different. Right. You know? Yeah. No, it really wasn't. It's the same as any other JRPG or any other game basically you yeah. go up you select your attack and that's it so i'm like why is it going through all of this nonsense for me you know what i mean and then there was just so many characters at first i'm like okay is this really necessary no yeah. not really yeah. you know right it, it's really cool because it's got 100 percent voiceover just like um when final fantasy 10 came out and everybody was like whoa you know because they were talking mm-hmm. all the time it wasn't just text so that that part's really cool after uh, about an hour of the intro stuff, which is technically chapter one, there was this weird intro theme song that turned into an anime halfway through, and I was just watching like this anime video, and I was like, okay, you know, it was fun to watch, but I was also a little confused because I'm like, why is this happening? Yeah, like, it's a little confusing. Wh- what? <laughs> what, what <is laughs> why can't this? I just play the game? What like, is this nonsense? Yeah, because it's like I'm not watching a show. I'm playing a game. Where is this coming from, you know? But then it makes me wonder... Are they going to create a show? Maybe. Because that would be kind of neat. I mean, I didn't mind the Brotherhood anime. Yeah, no, that was really cool. So we get the main characters, which are Lon and Rain. Um, They are brother and sister. I think they're supposed to be twins, if I remember right. I think so. And they have these tattoos on their arms or something that helps them summon creatures. From what it looked like from what I saw, they are either reincarnates or they've been like transported in time. And they don't fully remember where they've come from. Yeah, they were transported. And they have amnesia and yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. They, they came from this whole other dimension. <laughs> it's, it gets complicated. And there's like this timekeeper and dimensional keeper that keeps... Like, she knows everything, but she won't tell them anything because that's how it works. Not allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Off of that, though, you also get this other character called Tama. It's like this interesting little fox cat creature thing, but... She's also, I think it's a she. I think it's a she. She's also really annoying, though, because she adds the word the in her speech, like, at random points, like, pass the me the book. And it's, like, it just makes me think of Jar Jar Binks. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, please no. You know? She didn't talk so much after the first, like, two hours. So yeah. I was like, okay, I can deal with this now, I think. I think it's it, it was their version of trying to give her, like... You know, Naruto adding, like, Dante mm-hmm. Bayo after everything or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be that kind of At thing. At least it's not, um... Hey, listen! Oh, hey, listen. God. I strangled <laughs> the game. Yeah, she only talks when she's explaining everything in the first, like, hour and a half. Yeah. But she's not the only thing that talks, which is really weird to me because in part of the story, you, you go and you take this train... And it's a cactar, and the cactar comes up, and he's the conductor. Wait, the cactar is the train? No, the cactar is the conductor, the train oh, conductor. And he okay. like he he walks up and asks for your tickets. And Does he like, walk the same way he always walks with yes. like one arm up, one arm down, like waddle? Yeah. Yes. And he walks up, and he's like, "Tickets, please." And I was like, what? "Does he punch it with one of his like pricks no, on his arm? The needles? Yeah. No, that would have been funny though. Oh. But you know, I was so I was just like I was so flabbergasted that he could talk. I was like, what is this? Why? Yeah, he's a <laughs> he's a monster. Why is he talking? 
Obviously then, not, man. He's a train conductor. He's gone up in the world. Well, and then I got to, like, chapter five, I think, is where I stopped. Yeah. Chapter five, at only about, like, maybe 11 hours in, but mm. not the point. So I got to this Coliseum area, and it's ran by Tonberries. Tonberries are awesome. I thought that they were, they were, like, one of my favorite characters from back in the day. But, like, they could talk, too. <laughs> and I was, like, they run the Coliseum, and the That's Coliseum's, really cool. like, in Kingdom Hearts where you go in and you fight things, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of just get to better. Fight them. Yeah. And so he walked up and he was like, you know, oh, you should come to the Coliseum. And I was like, why are you talking? (laughs) It was just strange. This is not standard? Yeah. Stop it. It wasn't bad. It was just weird. Go back to making random sounds. Yeah. So, well, anyway, I didn't even tell you what the story is supposed to be about. It's pretty simple. There's a war going on between the little chibi characters, which are called Lilikins, and then this army of normal-sized people called the Bahamut Army. And Lon and Rain have the power to capture and fight with mirages, which are like the Final Fantasy monsters mm-hmm. that we all know and love, mm-hmm. like Tonberries and Cactars, except that apparently they're not mirages in this game. It's like Final Fantasy in Pokemon form. Yeah, like Monster Hunter kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's different. I think they made this so that way younger people would get into it and not have to worry about Final Fantasy fifteen, I guess. Or the fact that like there's like eighteen other Final Fantasies in their life that they would have to try to play for. Yeah, but I mean, so far it's been fun. It's it looks fun. It's in chapters, so it's like every time you get to a new story point, it's mm-hmm. like, oh well, now we're gonna tell you about this chapter three. You know, like it looks a little slow, but it looks fun. Like I said, I'm only about eleven hours in, so I have plenty of work to do. It's nice to look at. It's really pretty. I agree with you. I think the game overall is, um, it was very good looking. I, just like the anime we just watched, the movie, uh, Kingsglaive mm-hmm. looked amazing. This game looks amazing, especially in comparison to all, a lot of the other Final Fantasies as you're up and coming. Yeah. But it's just like anything else nowadays, like the capabilities of the video output, uh, 1080p and then like, and then going into 4k television type, like insane stuff it's only going to get better. And this one, to me, is already amazing. Like, how can it improve even more? Right. Until things start to just be real life. Well, oh my god. Everything is so adorable, though. <gasps> Not even lying. What if you got to be VR Final Fantasy? There is, remember? No. When they were showing the stuff for the VR, there's that Final Fantasy 15 battle arena game. So you go uh, in and you fight the giant monsters. But what if it like was the whole game? That would be awesome. Dude. Ugh. I don't want to get too far off topic. I just thought that'd be pretty cool. I, I Like I said, I thought the game looked pretty good. I haven't had a chance to play it myself yet or really actually just kind of hang out while you're playing it. But from what I've seen, it looks amazing. I'm hoping that, because like I said, everything is so adorable, mm-hmm. that they come out with little little figures. Like you can collect all the oh, little little mirages. Yes. Because everything is so adorable. Pop figures? Oh my God. No, not pop figures. Just little just little vinyl little vinyl dudes, you know, just like okay. yay big. Yeah. I'd, have, I'd have them everywhere. Okay, that'd be cool. I'd buy those. Honestly, guys, check out some of the monsters, like the little Marlboros mm-hmm. and the little wolf creature things and stuff like that. They are just so awesome. Yeah. I want them. I want them all. All right. Um, right. I'm sure we'll give an update of Final Fantasy, or yeah. World of Final Fantasy again here in the next few episodes. We have a lot of consoles to talk about. We do. Surprisingly. Well, um, stuff happened. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff happened. So, first off, uh, the Wii U is going to stop production. Currently, only 32 gig models still being produced in Japan. The official Japanese website states production ending soon. So if you guys don't have a Wii U now, 
get it. Yeah. Though, honestly, I don't think I would. No. I would just wait for the Switch because the Switch looks awesome. Yeah, but if you're a, co- if you're a console collector, a collector. Yeah, yeah. you'd want to go out and get one. Fair enough. As um, it stands now, yeah. Nintendo shipped out 800,000 units globally for the year, and no more are going to be available. No more? No more. No more. No more are available. So... Like I said, if you want one, go out and find one because by the time that the Switch comes out, they're expected to have all the Wii U's basically gone, which is in March. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you shouldn't be able to just like walk in and find one anywhere. At least that's what they're thinking. Wow. Okay. We Wii U launched in 2012 and they sold less than 13 million consoles. Which is about one tenth of the Wii. Yeah. What is that in comparison to like the PS4? I think the, the PS4 in like the two years it released, it had sold like over forty million. Yeah. And then with the new like release of the VR, they sold even more. And then now with the PS4 Pro, which is like an updated version, I think that's already up in the millions mm-hmm. of sold units. Like that's insane that they only did thirteen million in like what five years? Yeah, four years. I mean, you have to think too, though. Like it was basically just a secondary Wii. There was the Wii, then there was the Wii U, which is the portable Wii. Yeah. Nobody wanted a portable. Well, you Wii. know, it was still could play on the TV and stuff like that. That's where like they're yeah, coming yeah. with the Switch because the Switch is based off of like the Wii U. The Wii U was a console that you could play in your hands or on the screen. Right. I think the Nintendo Switch is the same thing, just in a lot better, better form. Right. Exactly. I think they need to get away from the name Wii because it didn't turn out like they thought it was going to yes. turn out. Yes. A lot of people were disappointed with the Wii in general. I think if they'd come out with the Wii and VR. Yeah. Because like that was the whole thing was like the Wii was you were moving right. with your character on the screen. Now, had you been able to do that with the VR setup, I think the Wii would have done amazing. Oh, I think so, too. Because, like, when I bought my Wii a long time ago, I ended up selling it because I, I was done with it. I didn't like it. Yep. But, I turned mine in, I think. Yeah. When I bought it, I wanted it so I could play Zelda. So I could have, you know, the little bow attachments and all that kind of thing yep, and yep, actually yep. use them. And then I also got it for Resident Evil because I was like, oh, this would be so fun to sit there and actually, like, try to shoot things, yes. you know? But no, it wasn't like no, that at all. So it really was just whatever. Yeah, so I was like, eh, and I got rid of it. Yep. So when the Wii U came out, I was like, well, I didn't like the Wii. Why would I Buy the Wii why U. Would I want the Wii U, you know? I would rather just use my DS. Exactly. So I can see why it didn't do well. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't think it did that poorly, though. Yeah, that's surprising to me. Yeah. So... Nintendo has not been stellar as of late. Like, yeah, N sixty four was great, and then you come up with the uh, the GameCube. Yeah, the GameCube oh, was yeah. okay. The like GameCube. the GameCube wasn't great, and like it's been kind of downhill since then. I think the only thing keeping Nintendo alive is the three DS. Mm-hmm. So I really hope the Switch comes out and is amazing. Right. Like if, I think if Nintendo does not do well with the Switch, I don't see them making consoles anytime in the future. No, they would just be sticking with handhelds. I think they'll go with handhelds and keep working with the DS and making really good portable games. But one thing that I was really really excited about, but had an extremely poor experience with, is the the mini NES classic that came out. And by poor experience, we mean that we didn't get to try it. <laughs> no. So it launched on November 11th and it was massively, and we mean massively undersupplied. Yeah. And this is where it gets really frustrating. So like you couldn't pre-order the damn thing, which, which is stupid. was dumb Yeah. because you don't know how much supply and demand you're going to need. That's what I was saying. How are they going to know how many to make, make if they don't have exactly. any pre-orders? Exactly. They should just... If they had pre-ordered the hell out of this thing, they probably could have made tons more money. Right. Right now, they just choked themselves out. 
and it's awful. So I was going to go through Amazon because we already have everything set up. We don't have to set up accounts with like Best Buy and stuff like that. And I had a notification. Cool. Got an email. Game's going to be live at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Cool. Got online, was set up at 4.40. And I just sat there and I waited. I kept refreshing, refresh, refresh, refresh. Literally, when 5 o'clock hit, it still wasn't available. Yeah. 5.05 hit, the game still wasn't available. Finally, like like 5.10, it was available. But when you'd hit it, add to your cart, it wouldn't actually load into your cart. No, it would just go back to that screen. It would be like, thanks for shopping. You don't have any items. Go back. Or the website would just crash. Trying on my laptop, trying on my phone. I was trying, trying on, it on her phone. phone yeah. And it was just like what the hell and, and so as he was doing this i was checking out other websites mm-hmm. too i was checking out best buy i was checking out toys r us i was checking out gamestop like everything, everything. i could to try to find it no it was gone everywhere it was like, done like it within it, minutes it, like not even minutes within like, moments the, like the the fact that i was refreshing literally at like 50.1 bajillion milliseconds <laughs> and still not even having the opportunity was insane yeah like just insane and that went faster than the star wars tickets yeah and at least when i was trying to get the star wars tickets we were gonna do vip i clicked on them got to like the checkout thing and right when i clicked checkout they disappeared but the fact that i was able to get them was more of an opportunity than i had for the nes mini yeah and that's just ridiculous the, the Nintendo. the Nintendo. yeah i like yeah, that the i min- think that's what they should have called it was the Nintendo. <laughs> yeah i was so disappointed and now like everybody's comments on amazon was like you guys all screwed up you undersold this and literally your website sucks you crashed you didn't give it to me it would go into my cart but not really in my cart like yeah all the complaints we had millions of people had yeah like the review on this thing is like half a star out of five and it's not, not the console it's not based on the consoles it's yeah. based on the fact that the experience on the website sucked so much like there's five thousand reviews on there of just like garbage right so i just looked um yesterday the console's being sold again on Amazon, but it's basically three times the price it was being bought for. So oh, you could you could have bought it for fifty nine ninety nine. It's being sold minimum two forty. Well, that's because it's not being sold by, by Amazon it's, or Nintendo. It's being sold by people trying to resell it and make yeah, a profit by third party sellers. Yep. So it's, it's ridiculous. Don't get sucked in, people. Don't. It's not, not worth it. No. Hell no. I was upset because the day after i was looking on facebook and i got an ad and it was from walmart like legit walmart and they were like oh we're gonna have a midnight launch and um you guys can get your nintendo mini nintendo classics and i was like oh sweet we should totally go because we'll be awake and blah 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 you know and then i was looking at the comments this midnight release was for the day before for the 11th for the day of the actual launch yeah 11 10th to midnight the 11th right so this ad was coming on 24 hours after it was already gone you Mm -hmm. know and not only that but i was looking at the comments and people were really upset because they had 12 consoles in store (laughs) at that walmart i was like 12 really you're having all this huge advertising for 12 consoles what is that you didn't you know what i mean like that's just messed up it's really messed up they would have had you know hundred they could have had hundreds of people show up they probably did for for 12 they probably did yeah i was just like that's not cool at all you know yeah so and it's not looking super duper bright on the horizon by any means either because nintendo stated they're going to release more this year and in early next year but it's like that doesn't say how many are they going to supply until the demand's no longer there right or are they just going to be like, well, we'll do it right around Christmas, we'll do it right around New Year's, and maybe the end of January, and then we're just not going to make any more. Yeah. So if you got one, cool. If you didn't, oh well. 
I, don't I think know, it'd man. be really stupid for them market wise. Yeah. If there's demand, they should keep making the damn thing. Well, yeah, because if they they sell the ones that they sell for sixty bucks, you know, and then other people get a hold of them and resell them at a third party or whatever, they're the ones making the profit, not Nintendo. Yep. Yep. All Nintendo's doing is creating a black market for Nintendo consoles. <laughs> and that's just gonna make people hate Nintendo that much more. Right. And Nintendo, like your your rep's not great as a company at the moment. I was talking to the guys from our brother podcast, Retrofecta, and they were asking, you know, people, oh, hey, did you happen to get one of the mini Nintendos and blah, blah, blah. And so I gave them our experience and they were like, yeah, no, they should just resell it. And then they would realize how well it did. They could create a mini SNES, you know, yes. or something like that. And I a was like... A freaking mini N64. I yeah. would buy the hell out of all three freaking consoles. Well, I was... No joke. I was telling them, though, I was like, they wouldn't do that for the SNES, though, because now with the new Nintendo 3DSs, they play SNES games. So they wouldn't need a mini SNES. Then they better do it for the N64. Or some other like hyped up version of the N64 that can play the old games at better quality because we have a handful of them. Well, they wouldn't even need to do that either because you can play Super Mario 64 on your 3DS. Really? Yeah. So you're telling me I need to go buy another 3DS right now? I guess so. You know? Even if you could buy them on the 3DS... Or the new 3DS, by right. the way. It's the nostalgia. It, it would still, if they were to make it a mini SNES or a mini N64, more people would probably be more willing to buy that than go spend the $200. To on, download all the games. On the, no, it was $200 for the console, the, the, the new 3DS. Right. And then go spend $6 per game for all the games they want to play. Yeah. If they were just to do the same thing with the Super Nintendo and the N64, sell them for $75 a piece with 20 games on each. Right. They would make a lot of money. Well, Sega is, is kind of doing that. Yes, but Sega's prices are a little ridiculous. Well, that yeah. I mean, that's because it's Sega, though, and not Nintendo. Yeah. So, Sega is now... Sega! <laughs> Sega's re-releasing, for us in America, the Genesis, and for everybody else in the world, the Sega Mega Drive. Lives again! The South American distributor of Sega hardware for the Genesis, all the way up until the Dreamcast, is the one redoing this. And it's cool because it's not just it's an, it's not a knockoff. It's actually licensed by Sega to be re-released by this company. And they're doing the same kind of thing where they're going to send the console out with games pre-installed on it. Plus it comes with a SD card and a slot for the old original cartridges. Oh, that's cool. I like yes. that. The thing is, like, I guess like the, the controller got updated uh, later on in its oh, lifespan. Yeah. yeah, So, but this one's going to be releasing with the original three-button design. And it's not going to have HDMI like the uh, mini Nintendo is. Mm -hmm. It's going to stick with the red, yellow, white cables. Okay. So your audio video. So they're going old school with yes. it, basically. I used to have the Mad Cats controller for That's um, cool. the Genesis one. Wow, that was a cool controller. So it had like six or seven buttons yeah. on the right side. Yeah. And you could pause it and you could do like slow-mo on it. Yeah. <laughs> It was pretty cool. I like so, that. So it's releasing uh, sometime in 2017. They don't have an official date yet. That's 29 years after its launch. That's crazy. Sega is as old as I am. I oh. never would have thought it was that old, but thinking about it now, yeah, I totally and, remember sitting there in my living room playing Sonic the Hedgehog, and I must have only been like, yeah. you know, 10 years old or something. Yeah, I love Sega and all the games that came with it. Uh, here's where it gets a little confusing to me because it's like the NES Mini that's coming out is all, it's having this classic, all the Mario's and Dr. Mario and all the great games that started on it. Mm -hmm. This one, I don't know if it's going to come out with its popular games or not. It's not coming out with as many games that the Mini NES is having. Yeah. It's only coming out with 22 games on it. 
And the examples of the games that they put on there are the Sonic the Hedgehog 3, Shinobi 3, Arrow Flash. I don't know about Arrow Flash. Yeah, I don't know about Arrow Flash. But, like, why isn't it going to come with Shinobi 1 and 2? And 2. Why isn't it going to come out the the Red Hogs? The Red Hogs? The Red (laughs) Hogs. Sonic the Hedgehogs, like, 1 and 2. Yeah, Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. What what about those? Why is it... Sonic Spinball. Remember Sonic Spinball? Yes, I loved the hell out of that game. Yeah. So, like, why is it releasing with the non-popular ones? I don't know. It's really strange. And, again, the mini Nintendo being 60 bucks for, like, 30-some-odd games... Uh, this is 22 games, which we're not even sure if they're the good ones that go with the console, <laughs> and it's priced at 138 on which the Tech Toy website. a lot. That's a lot of money. Yes. And if you want to import it to Japan, you're looking more around like 21,000, 22,000 yen, which is right around 210 bucks, which is close to its original sale price when it came out, which was 21,000 yen. So like, I get it. Like in Japan- It's actually more than the original sale price. Not according to that Well, website. no, no, because if it's- if Well, yeah, original, it's more. If the original price- That's why price, they say it's close. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like why, that's ridiculous. If it originally came out, if it came out at 21,000 yen, and now it's going to be 21,800 yen. Yeah. It's like, why am I paying 800 more yen for this? Yeah, I, I guess in the sense for like Japan, like, yeah, you get to export it to get it there and you're going to pay 210 bucks. You're going to get 22 games with it, and it's a console yeah. that's not out anymore. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to work for them. Again, but my thing being, until I know exactly what games are going to come on it, I don't even see myself looking to buy this ever. Right. No, it should have, like, every Sonic game imaginable. It should have The Lion King, because The Lion King was, like, the game on Genesis. Old school X-Men. Yeah. Like... There's some good games on there, but, like, if it doesn't have them and they're, like, these random ones, like, Arrow Flash, like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need you. It's kind of a shame. Um, sticking on the, the Sega train. Ha. 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 There's a real Sega train. There is a real Sega train. Um, <laughs> they're also going to have a Sega train to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Sonic the Hedgehog. And the competitive puzzle game Puyo Puyo. Which I have no idea about. You don't know what Puyo Puyo? I have no idea. Oh. Well, that was fun. It was like little bubbles that you had to... It was puzzle with bubbles. That's cool. Yeah. They All had right. they had some of them at the arcades. Really? We yeah. probably should have checked them out when we Puyo were Puyo. There. We yeah. didn't play a whole lot of actual arcade games. When we went to the arcades when we were in Japan, we mainly just messed around with like the uh, the claw games. The UFO catchers? Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, the Puyo Puyo games, um, they also had those in the arcades here. Oh. Like, so they were, they were pretty popular because they were easy. I didn't go to arcades. Well... You were an outdoor kid. I didn't have the money. So, outdoor kid equals to I was broke, so I decided to go play sports that I just needed a ball for. I was a poor indoor kid. I just watched TV. Fair enough. <laughs> Which is why your knowledge of intro songs is amazing. Um, the Sega team is getting together with a rail company, KQ, to make special anniversary train cars. It's going to feature Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and then from Puyo Puyo, it's going to have... Carbuncle and a few of the stacking blobs. It's pretty neat. I love whenever they do something like that yeah. because it's just like I don't know. It's nice to see them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like hey, it's a Sonic train, especially if you, you weren't know? expecting it. Like you wake up in the morning and you didn't read the news and you didn't know this was gonna happen. All of a sudden, you have a bright blue train show up and there's like Sonic and you're like, 
I've been a Sonic fan my whole life. This is awesome. Right. And then you get on like a bullet train. You're going as fast as Sonic. I don't think they're going to do it on the bullet trains, no, unfortunately. But, but they should cool have. Still, yeah. yeah. I was always thinking that they should make a Sonic roller coaster because then you'd go <gasps> up. That would and, be so cool. And then when you go up the, the loops, it would give you the ring sounds like the... Yeah, you know? That would be so cool. Right? So, oh. I mean, uh, Nintendo Land, if you're listening, you should get the rights to... Uh, Nintendo Land, really? This is Sega. That's why I said you should get the rights okay. to Sega. Okay. Or to, to Sega, to Sonic. Sega, Sonic thing. Yeah. I mean, they kind of technically already do, because they've they... had the, like, collaborations for, like, the, the Olympics. Right. And stuff like that. Well, yeah. All, like, the track games, they always yeah. have Sonic and Mario. Yeah. You know? Okay. 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 <laughs> I'll let it go. I'll, I'll leave it be. The train cars are going to be used from November 14th to December 17th in the Tokyo area. So if you're there, you should definitely check them out. Yeah, it's not going to be every car. No, it's no, no. It's only a few select ones here and there. But you do get a prize for taking photos with the trains and posting them on Twitter with a special hashtag. I'm sure they're going to have that at the stations in Japan. Mm-hmm. So if you want to, you know, try to win a prize. They didn't really say what the prizes were going to be. No, so they're probably just going to be yeah. little small things. But I mean, hey, it's still cool. It's really cool. You know, I'd take a picture even without the prize. So yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be posting pictures. So we, we use uh, quite a few websites to kind of get our notes and research and stuff like that. And one of the ones we use is uh, Kotaku. Uh, not only do we use it for research, but I also use it for a lot of other things because they have a lot of great, like, just fun articles on there. And you you happened to find a really cool web series. Yeah, I didn't know that it was on there. Like, I had seen the videos before, but I never really paid attention to exactly what it was. Yeah. So it's called Behind the Mask, and it's Kotaku's web series about cosplay. So far, they only have four episodes, and they are very, very short. There's only one that's around 10 minutes. All the other ones are maybe three minutes, four mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. So they're very, very short. So far, they're following six cosplayers through their road to New York Comic Con. Well, that's what the ad said on the very first video that was, like, about our web series. Mm -hmm. But watching the videos, that's not really what it's about. It's just about the cosplayers in their life, basically. So I don't know if it's going to... Maybe it will get there officially. Maybe they're doing, like, a mini web series right now just about who they're going to follow. Yeah. And what's going on with them. Then it'll go more in-depth. Right. That's what I was thinking. Because I also don't know how long this web series is going to go. And they didn't really say. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I don't know if it's only going to be like, you know, six episodes long. Or if it's going to continue on for months. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess we'll find out. But I mean, it was pretty interesting. Like, in the four episodes so far, one of them was like the intro to what the show was. And then the other three episodes were actually focused on cosplayers themselves. And it shows a lot of the work that these cosplayers have done and how they do it and just kind of like their everyday life, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but it was not like Heroes of Cosplay, which was that sci-fi show, the like competition cosplay show. Which was bad. Yeah, it wasn't like that at all. This is a much more, this is more like a documentary, whereas Heroes of Cosplay was like a reality competition show. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is much better. Um, and it's quick, so if you're interested, check it out. There's only four episodes. Yeah, so. there are only four episodes. It'll take you less than half an hour to get through all of them. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason not to. Book. Especially so. if you like cosplay. One of the guys was freaking amazing. He does a lot of, like, robots mm-hmm. and, like, so Transformers he, and stuff like that. And yeah, and dude, he used to be so a... so good. He used to be a fighter pilot, so he had a lot of experience with building things mm-hmm. and with how mechanics work and stuff like that. So yeah. he was putting all these details into his yeah. cosplays. It was really amazing. It's really cool. Um, I'm sure we're going to keep watching it. Yeah, I will. 
Anyway, that about sums up our episode for this week. Yeah. Um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and now Twitch. And now Twitch. At Super Sugoi Cast. Yes. We, like we were saying, we stream twice a week now. And we're going through Resident Evil, uh, the remaster in HD or whatever As the now. official title is. But we're yeah. going to be doing more and more games. So, so definitely stop by, say hi. Check us out. Um, our schedule for the stream is Sundays and Mondays. And we stream at 11 p.m. Eastern. Eastern and starting at 8 p.m. Pacific. And we go usually anywhere from two to three hours. So come check us out. Don't forget to subscribe to us, rate and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and Twitch. And we could Twitch. always use more followers. Please. Also, send us a message at supersagoycast at gmail.com. Check out our shirts and other stuff at notlg.spreadshirt.com. We just added a new design. Added and... a few designs. Oh, no. A new design on a few different selections of shirts. Yes. We just ordered some for ourselves, so we'll be able Yay. to tell you how they fit and how they work out. Yep. Don't forget to check out our host site, Night of Living Geeks, at notlg.com. Also, one last thank you to Alex Barroza for our music. Check out the link for more. I'm sure he's got a lot more stuff. Till next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>